This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, gang back together this week from ESPN West Palm. He is Brian Rowitz and catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago, our pal Jonathan Hood. All right, guys, we're on that road to WrestleMania, but there is a stop in Perth. You're going to have to wake up early no matter where you are. Um, Brian's going to have to wake up, I guess, the least early being on yes. the East Coast. So I Eastern. let's you. go. Yeah, congratulations to you, pal. But Elimination Chamber is coming up this weekend in WWE. It kind of seems like most of the matches, everything there is straightforward. But where we begin this week on Good Karma Wrestling, where do you think we may see an upset in the Elimination Chamber matches? And just to throw it out there, bet online with the odds. Both chambers, the men's elimination chamber, Drew McIntyre, minus 2,000. The women's elimination chamber, Becky Lynch, minus 2,000. The other two matches on this card, Judgment Day, minus 2,000 to retain the tag titles. And Rhea Ripley, minus 8,000 to retain the women's title. So there you go in terms of betting odds. Boy, it seems like chalk, guys. It seems like chalk. But if I'm going to answer one, what about the women's elimination chamber match? Because I think it's fa a fait complete that when it comes to the men's, because Drew McIntyre is doing some of his best work, not just as a heel, but as a troll. See, it's one thing to be a heel, but when you're a heel and a troll, now you're doubling down. Now you're, you're, you're cooking with gas now. So he's doing some great work. So what about the women's elimination chamber? So we're talking about Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan, Tiffany Stratton, Naomi and Raquel Rodriguez. So, you know, for some reason, we've been hot and cold on Liv Morgan on this show since we started, where, where you saw her and you didn't understand what her character was. And then she heated up as a little bit of a heel or a little heelish. She was out for a while with an injury. And now she's back. So I'm thinking that even though everything seems all system go Becky Lynch, if there's going to be an upset, maybe it's someone in the women's elimination chamber. But who live you think or Bianca? Like who in that match? Like Bianca Belair. Uh that I, I would say. Like again, we're talking about what's likely. It seems yeah. like talk because ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, this is a house show in Perth yeah. with cameras. Uh-huh. So, so all the favorites are supposed to win here. But if you, since we're asking like who's likely, I think it would be the women's elimination chamber. See, I agree. Bianca's the only one that maybe makes sense there, but I feel like they set up her in Jade and maybe somehow Jade costs her. I look at the men's one, and the only one I can make a case for is Orton. Do you throw him a bone and say, all right, let's do Orton and Rollins again. It was so fun, you know, however many years ago when they worked Mania, and just as a reward for everything he's been through the last few years. That one I could sort of make a case for. Yeah, but he's just so on the periphery still, right? Oh, like ever since he returned at Survivor Series, I mean, he was again. In, in, I guess technically he did wrestle for the Universal Championship at the Royal Rumble, but everybody knew how that was going to end with right. with the way they they went with that match. No, no chance Roman was losing. So yeah, I kind of lean towards the women's side because when we talk about young stars in professional wrestling, like Bianca Belair is near the top of that list, mm -hmm. right? And Maybe they decide to fast track Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley without much of a story this year. Doesn't make a ton of sense. I think you can do Bianca Rhea next year. That makes a ton more sense. Where you just have almost a year long build going for those two. But yeah, the, the only way I think you, you make a case, it's and on the women's side, it's because Bianca is really good. And are you really going to go into one of those two WrestleManias without one of your top stars on the women's side 
wrestling without a championship or not wrestling for a championship. Maybe she does end up wrestling with, uh, with Jade Cargill. Maybe she finds a tag team partner and goes after the tag belts. I don't know what they do in the month for her leading up to WrestleMania, but they have to find something for her because she's certainly one of the biggest stars in the women's division. No, I agree with that. But from the men's side, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the other name out there we've joked about on this show is LA Knight. Like we don't even consider him in the main event picture anymore. Uh, we do not. Okay. <laughs> so uh, make sure we're on the same page. Who, 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 whom's are we talking about? I'm, I'm unfamiliar with. You've been on this show before. This, oh, show. okay. Yeah. Hey, no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, the guy who says yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. No. Okay. Now, now Usher might be there. Usher might be at Mania with him. Not that. Yeah. That different. Oh, not, that yeah. not that. Yeah. We're oh, talking okay. about late night. Yeah. We knew it when it happened because we we said it at the time weeks beforehand. They put that match in Saudi Arabia. They put it right there with L.A. Knight against Roman Reigns. And if L.A. Knight was going to lose, it was going to kill his momentum. It killed his momentum. Oh, it did. Yes, that is accurate. <laughs> Just like that. And, and by the way, I'm sure he's still doing well with merch. He still gets a reaction, but he is less than than he was even six months ago. No, and it's, so, well, it's so, the same so, thing that happened to Ricky Starks in AEW when MJF first got the championship. And, same thing. and Wardlow. And yeah, man. <laughs> you know, you have a, I'm sure you have a laundry list of names in AEW with that same designation, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean... Look, would I be excited if they just randomly decided, hey, let's put LA Knight over uh, this weekend? Yeah, that would be cool. Do I believe they're going to do that? No, because Drew McIntyre makes the most sense. They continue to push him. Now, whether or not he beats Seth Rollins, I think, depends upon whether or not he ends up signing any sort of contract extension. From all the reports out there, it seems like they've either agreed to a small extension or because of past injuries were able to extend his contract past WrestleMania. But I, I don't know if Drew McIntyre is actually going to be a contracted employee of WWE four months from now, right? So I think whether or not he wins the championship from Seth almost seems like it solely depends upon if he signs a contract, much like when CM Punk signed his contract before uh, we had the summer of Punk when he beat Cena in Chicago in Money in the Bank back in 2011. Well, that's the one part that makes me think maybe in the men's match because if Drew's leaving in two, three months, do you want him in a marquee WrestleMania match? Do you want him fighting for a world title at WrestleMania and then showing up at Wembley months later? Or do you want to throw him in the Andre Battle Royal and say, hey, thanks for your time. Like, good luck on the Indies. The Andre Battle Royal. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, if he's <laughs> leaving. One of the top characters I, in the company now? I thought we stopped talking about LA Knight. I thought we had already moved past that. Oh, LA Knight at least works there, we think, for a while. <laughs> Let, let, let's just call it now. Let's just call it now. The WWE, or maybe Triple H, had no idea that Drew McIntyre, him being a troll heel, would be like this. Right. They thought him whining about how he was the pandemic champion would be a good way for him to lose some matches, go out the right way, and then leave. But now, because of the CM Punk injury, things have changed, guys. Things have changed. There's going to be, I would predict, a contract for McIntyre. Could you imagine being this hot right now, really in the mix in a lot of semi-main and mains, a lot of promo time, and then be like, yeah, go to the Indy, see ya. Go to Rev Pro, so long. All right, that, that's not going to happen. Like, There's I think, a lot of zeros on that paycheck right now. I think, I think that they're going to do something for him to stay. And if McIntyre does not win, okay, let's go with Randy Orton. So Drew McIntyre still complains about he got screwed at, at Elimination Chamber. So 
is he ever going to be the champion then in that regard? No. But even this way, even him winning, we don't think he's going to be the champion. Well, Seth's not winning at uh, at uh, WrestleMania, if he's wrestling, by the way. It, right. Yeah, we're, we're, still, we're still not sure if he's wrestling. But if Drew doesn't have a contract, he's not winning the title at Mania. Correct. They're, they got to fix that. <laughs> yes, but I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a huge, that is a huge gamble. You know, it is a huge gamble whether or not you get Drew McIntyre locked up to a contract or not, because a lot of this is also out of Triple H's hands, right? As much as Triple H may want to sign him to a deal, that's no longer really his decision. <laughs> like there are a lot of people above him now that not only are in WWE, but are on this, in this TKO group that look at it and go, eh, do we really need to pay Drew McIntyre this type of money? I would say, I think it would be in their best interest to do so, especially as good as the, as good of a work as he has been doing as of late. But again, that 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 may not, may not be up to Hunter anymore. It may not just be simple as yeah, you're doing good work. We're going to resign you. There could be some other people in the accountant in the accounting office going, eh, we'd rather make that money in profit. So you're not saying it's the FBI that would be doing that. You're saying there'd be TKO. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Is that all? But just okay, just checking. I just want to make sure if you're calling it now that Michael Hayes will have to make that call. Do do do. Hey, I think you'd be really good at WrestleMania. Hey, I mean, could you imagine like no Triple H, no Bruce Pritchard? All of a sudden, like you go through the line like it's Road Dog and Michael Hayes running WWE. I'm just saying, like that's a possibility. It that's is terrifying. It is. Well, who knows what the rest of this Vince stuff is? I, I'm, all I'm saying is, is that no matter what's going on with TKO, guys, I think that Drew McIntyre will be extended because as we, we talked about so much, it's an arms race. Sure. You don't want talent to go to AEW, and you don't want them to go to New Japan, and you don't want them to be in the indies and start you know, getting as big as Ali or Cardona. You want to be able to have as much talent as possible. McIntyre's got a hot T-shirt, too. Like, all of this is happening at the same time. This is not Lex Luger going from Raw to Nitro in the same week. This is a little different. This guy means something to WWE now. Yeah, he does, and that's the weird part. Well, how about this, uh, since it seems so chalk, the flip side of the men's chamber, who's the first one to get eliminated from that match? Yeah. Oh, you know that route? <laughs> I I just, I, oh, my God. It, but it... But it almost has to be, doesn't it? <laughs> like, uh, it's not going to be Logan Paul. They're going to keep, like, no. Logan Paul's not getting eliminated right away. I mean, it's LA Knight or it's KO. It's KO doing it to, uh, that Logan Paul's doing it to KO. And it extends the feud. Yeah. Okay. Lashley? Wow. <laughs> Look at that guy, man. He has not changed in 20 years. He looked like he did back when he was, um, in the Battle of the Millionaires. He looked like yeah. he did it. Hey, I mean, his body has not changed, man. Look at him. He's a great He's the guy. ageless wonder. He is the ageless wonder. It is unbelievable. That guy, that man is approaching 50. So he's Crazy. as old. He's as old as our truth, right? Around the same age. Um, I think our truth might be a little bit older. 51, um, 52, something like yeah. that. Wow. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Like Bobby Lashley. By the way. By the way, speaking of our truth, I was not expecting our truth to be as over as he was with the crowd in Anaheim on Monday night. Uh, Bobby Lashley is forty-seven. By the way, forty-seven. Our truth is fifty-two. Okay. Another home run segment from our truth, though. 
that that segment, the the behind the, whatever they were doing, that whole talk. He's wearing the he's wearing the poncho. Yeah, all the time. I don't know why, but he was. <laughs> See now, now that kind of comedy doesn't bother me, right? Yeah. It's because it's Triple H comedy, and there's a difference between Vince comedy. Oh and yeah, Triple... he's always loved our truth. That that subtle comedy or the routines that they're doing that doesn't bother me. It's funny how that works, right? Because we've got a lot of bad haha for thirty years plus. When when Triple H does it, it's it's subtle and it's our truth, and people like him, uh-huh. and it seems like it's universal. I haven't seen one negative thing about our truth online. No, no the man's no, over him getting him getting DX and DIY confused. Fantastic, like the whole the whole shtick. Like again, our truth, our truth is probably to me he has surpassed Tony Storm as my favorite. Like comedic act that that the companies are are leaning into and tony storm continues to knock it out of the park she's fantastic but like truth has just been so damn good and just when you think like oh okay he got beat up that's gonna be it that oh no i got saved by dx i recognize you guys anywhere the cerebral assassin the heartbreak kid and he's wearing a poncho for god knows what reason does the heart thing and like walks away the Again, just just a masterful job by Ron Killings on Monday Night Raw. Yes. No, there's no doubt about that. But, you know, if we're looking for an upset, and if it's going to be in the men's elimination chamber, like that's Kevin Owens doing the, the honors, Bobby Lashley. We should probably do it in order, right? Shouldn't it probably be Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, L.A. Knight? Then it comes down to Logan Paul, Drew yeah. McIntyre, and Randy Orton. Do we set up Orton, yeah. Logan Paul at Mania? Wow, that would be. Well, I mean, I thought we were. Just, I thought we were just going to be doing KO Paul again at Mania. I thought KO is hurt. I thought his foot's like broken. Yes, I read that too. <laughs> Doesn't matter with him. Like, I mean, has that ever stopped him before? Yeah, that's fair. Fight Owens, fight. He just keeps. Yeah, yeah like just going to keep going. Like, I just assumed that those two were going to go. I, I don't know what they have for Orton. I don't know what they have for LA Knight. It, it's. There, there are a lot, lot of puzzle things pieces. Open. Yeah, a lot of puzzle pieces they still have to figure out for Mania right now. Let me tell you something. Bro, it's hit on something, though, Gabe. Think about that. Logan Paul, Randy Orton, that could, that could steal the show. Yeah. It could. It's, oh, that, yeah. Uh-huh. That's smooth. Mm-hmm. That could be something. That could be a classic. Sign so, me up. I'm in for that. Yeah. Only because Logan, Wait, I, I don't, I don't, lo- no one's saying no to okay. that one. <laughs> Because Logan Paul's doing stuff that he's not supposed to be doing. It is. It probably drives old timers insane. Like, how is this guy steamboat smooth? This this early in his career, he is. Yeah. No, he's. I I got to imagine he's infuriating just because like a he's like super good on the microphone. He a hundred percent knows what he's doing at all times. Knows how to get the heel heat. Like no, and just leans into. I have a punchable face and I'm going to lean into that, right? Like everybody hates me and just knows how to lean into it. It's fantastic. And then he's smoother in the ring than he has any right being. It doesn't make any sense. I don't care that it doesn't make any sense because it's enjoyable every time he's on my television screen. Yep. Agreed. So we're not getting bad bunny Logan Paul. I don't know. Feels like we're not. That could be also a, (laughs) that could also be a, a, a showstopper. We come to find out that Bad Bunny is more of a summer wrestler. So maybe, maybe <laughs> backlash. Yeah. No, well, WrestleMania set the yeah. precedent. We can be in multiple locations. Had that match in Puerto Rico as part of WrestleMania. No. That's, 
and I'm paying for Gabe to go, him and his wife to go. <laughs> got, they have to be there to see that. You have to be. There. I'll pay for it. <laughs> I was, if they if they ever do it again, I, I'm still upset that I missed it last year. Uh, what do we have in? Uh, so we'd like to call it the three count. Other top three stories going on in the world of professional wrestling here on GKW. What do we got at number one this week, Brian? One man we know will be a part of WrestleMania 40. Dwayne The Rock Johnson made his return to SmackDown in Salt Lake on Friday and cut a promo. So let's grade it. Grade The Rock's promo from SmackDown. Finally, The Rock has come back to WWE. I feel like over the last, pretty much ever since he probably did um, the Cena matches in back-to-back WrestleManias, probably for the last decade, every other appearance... Yes, it said The Rock on the Jumbotron. It may have said The Rock on a t-shirt, but it was really kind of a watered-down rock. It was du- it was Dwayne. It was more or less yeah. Dwayne Johnson that was coming out there and getting a pop. And, like, look, he's still an incredibly charismatic guy. But that promo was, like, classic rock. Like, there were times, I feel, in other promos when he's come back where he kind of floats in and out of the third-person thing. You know, he's like, oh, oh, crap, I'm supposed to be doing, oh, I'm the rock. I, I talked in the third person. I'm supposed to be doing that here. He did not miss anything in that promo. Now, it was probably a mistake to put them on last because I think he had to rush the last little bit of the promo to kind of get in the, the last little bit to get out on time. But I, I thought he knocked it out of the park. He was an A for me. I, I thought he hit every note he had to hit. Did it ne- necessarily develop the storyline between the bloodline and Cody, Cody Rhodes more? Not really, but it was a classic rock promo in a classic rock shirt. Like it was, it was the best of all the different versions of heel rock we've seen melded into one. And it was spectacular. Okay. So first of all, this is in a sea town in like Salt Lake city. The Delta Center was sold out. And and the one thing I always think about is, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, wife, hey, husband, we're going to get tickets to go see SmackDown. Okay, they're in town. They only come once a year, maybe twice. Okay, SmackDown. But you never expect that The Rock is going to be in Salt Lake City, right? You don't even expect Roman Reigns, the bloodline, to be there in Salt Lake. So it's, for it to be sold out, I'm so happy for the people in Salt Lake that they were able to see The Rock do this. A couple of things that stood out to me. Clearly, The Rock wants to kind of really press the envelope to let you know, hey, I am with the bloodline. We are the bloodline. We are together. Because I think for some people, it's still a work or it's murky. And But The Rock wants to make sure you guys knew, hey, I'm with the bloodline. The reason why did they put this on last where Roman spoke first and Rock was, was last is because The Rock has a tendency to go long. And I think yeah. it, it, Go back to the old Raw promos back in the day. It was at the top of the hour, and there was matches cut because The Rock wouldn't stop talking. Now, it was, it was the best segment on the show, but wrestlers got pissed that he kept going through 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes into his promo, right? So clearly Triple H told him, look, we're on Fox. We're against the local news. If you can't get this in, you're going to get cut off. It's a hard out. It's a hard out, as we say in the business, right? 59-50, get out. And so I'm glad that he was able to time it properly. He brought up all the old kind of tropes from 80, from 98, from 99. So he wanted to make sure he was a heel. However, bro, it's, there was some clues there that tells me something about The Rock for WrestleMania. First of all, did you notice that the bloodline was all the way to the left? They're all over here. Mm-hmm. And The Rock was here in the center. So you would have thought, 
encouragement from Solo, encouragement from Jimmy Uso, encouragement from Paul Heyman. Nope. No encouragement. They just gave The Rock the mic to himself and set a ring. That's it. Thought that was interesting. Also thought it was interesting that when the, the segment was over, Rock holds up not the ones, but the L, as in saying, you're going to be a loser. Who is he talking to? Is he talking to Cody or is he talking about his cousin, Roman Reigns? Just remember, guys, on January 1st, January 1st, he talked about wanting to be the head of the table. That's still on the table to make me think that The Rock is not going to be a heel very long. Once we get to Philadelphia, there could be a change just based on that promo I saw on Friday. Well, I mean, maybe he just wanted to be a part of the Bang Bang Scissor game. We ever think of that? Guns up. Those guys did tweet about it just to draw more eyes for Friday, by the way. So Bowen, some of the gun kids. I, I didn't know The Rock watched Rampage. <laughs> so apparently he's a big Rampage yeah, guy. He's a Rampager. Like in regards <laughs> to all those little clues, I saw Twitter blowing up about it also. There was also the thing where he said, oh, I'm gonna make your I'm gonna end things or whatever, and he pointed at Roman at the time. Is there a chance it all meant nothing? And it's all just a coincidence? And Rock just put up the wrong finger? I think that's possible, but Triple H has done a lot of these subtle things with his storytelling. Whether it was, you know, again, it started with subtle stuff with The Fiend, and then it turned to, to QR codes yeah. and so many other things, and they kind of dragged it out. Yeah. But they've also done things where, oh, while this promo, which has nothing to do with the Judgment Day, you got this kind of backstage segment happening over here, but oh, look what's going on in the background over here. Oh, Rhea Ripley's talking to Drew McIntyre. Oh, that's interesting. So Triple H has almost created this because he's been subtle before in some of the stories that they've told. Okay, I'll give you that then. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just, to me, it's weird saying about The Rock, the promo was sort of underwhelming. Like it felt very like, paint by numbers, play the hits, you know, slap the herpes, the trailer park stuff. Like maybe because like I've seen it so many times, like it, I was a little underwhelmed on Friday. It, it was, it was a B plus promo for the rock. And I believe that it will get better because ultimately he's rusty. Sure. He, he came in as a baby face and go, Oh, I gotta be a heel now. Okay. So let me pull out the old hits. Let me pull out the old list here. But we'll is he going to be there every week to work on it? Or are we going to uh, see him once a month? I, I No, I think we're getting close to WrestleMania now. We're going to see him very often. He won't be there Saturday in Australia. Often, I said. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, he did say that maybe he's going to fly to Australia to, you know. No, Hunter said he will not be in, there. In mouth again. So yeah. they already let that out of the bag. Now, by the way, yeah. we might never see Gabe an A-plus promo again from The Rock the way we knew him in his prime. Because we, sure. we remember the last time we saw him with, was it a, a few years ago, 10 years ago with uh, John Cena when he had the promo written on his hand? Uh, I was going to say he had to write, he had to write it on his hand. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is this is so much better than that. Yes, uh, like, I This agree was a lot that. better than that. Like, this is the best I think we've seen of Rock since, in terms of a Rock promo, probably mm -hmm. since he was somewhat of a full-time guy 20 years ago, right? Like, yeah. so that's why I was excited for it. I thought he absolutely knocked it out of the park. The look was fantastic. And he has to try so damn hard to be a heel because let me, like he's already turned heel. All right. Like, yeah, we want Cody. We want Cody. BS. We want Cody. Right. Did you hear that pop when his music hit? Like 
He's still getting the big pops. Everybody wants to do the finally I've come back to Salt Lake City. Everybody wants to do single. And he does the, I mean, he did it 20 years ago when he was Hollywood Rock saying, no, 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 you don't, you know, this isn't sing along with The Rock. You know, so he was playing the hits there. But like the, the man is still so damn over that even though the people want Cody, well, they also want Rock because they love having The Rock around because he's charismatic because he can do all these different things. He is still super over. And maybe that is, you know, okay, he's heel right now only to become babyface again. Like, and, and it's easy to explain away because, oh, Cody consulted with him. So right. when Cody consulted with him, this was their plan all along that The Rock was going to be the Trojan horse inside the bloodline to blow it up. And then we can get Rock versus Roman SummerSlam or Money in the Bank, whenever you want to do it, whenever Rock can have, find time in his schedule. Man, I, I just, as a couple of things. One, Salt Lake City just went along with The Rock. There, there was no heat. You can't get heat in Salt Lake because it's like, oh, it's still The Rock. Oh, he's a heel now. Ha, ha, ha. Like that, right? If that was in other cities, you know, maybe a little bit more heat or those that don't understand. But Salt Lake City is like, okay, whatever. The other thing is, too, is what we've talked about a lot, and that is if Cody Rhodes is going to finish the story, he needs an army. Yep. It's one thing to have a one-legged Seth Rollins said, I'll be your shield. That's fine. But he needs more. The Rock is one of those guys also that can help Cody out. I'm just foreshadowing, just based on that promo, that The Rock is going to help um, Cody become the heavyweight champion. And now, if it doesn't happen now, I've heard all this, believe me, believe me, all this this, this wrestling talk about they're going to kick the can down the road to Madison Square Garden to match what his dad did when he, when he couldn't win against superstar Billy Graham in 77. Like, no. Either it happens in Philadelphia or it doesn't. Enough of this, right? Stop kicking a can down the road to Madison Square Garden to have the symmetry of his dad not winning the championship. Ha- let it happen in Philadelphia and move forward. That's when it should happen, WrestleMania. I've, I, I've been thinking about that of in terms of finish the story. I have been terrified of them getting too cute and having him win the championship only to have seconds later, the referee reverse his decision. So he has, you know, he does the thing where he has the championship in his hands once again, but the WWE takes it away. I do that last year, man. Like we can't, I can't, I can't, I can't anymore. Like Cody has to win. I wouldn't rule it out. A dusty finish. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That was suggested by someone on the show I did on Sunday. Like what if he gets a screw job finish? Like, I said, are you sure you want to do that in Philadelphia? You sure? They will jump the rail. <laughs> you kidding me? Philly? No shot. Oh, my God. Somebody jumps the rail to just try to punch Roman Reigns, gets laid out. <laughs> I, I, like, you're not doing that in Philly. Absolutely not. And that's the other thing. Maybe it's just they're trying to get to the weekend. But, like, we still don't know The Rock's actual mania involvement. Like, is he just in Roman's corner? Do they make him a ref? Is there the tag match? I see some people say maybe that happens Saturday because you have Rollins and Cody both on the Grayson Waller effect. But I don't know. Maybe we'll know more after the weekend. But it felt weird that nothing yet is established. That's a good point. Well, because you you can't plan on – again, we keep going back to Seth. Like, we don't know if Seth's going to be able to defend his actual title. So now we're going to go from – Fingers crossed. I hope this man can wrestle in his one match to, oh, by the way, you're going to work back-to-back nights in pretty big matches, pretty significant matches. It's, it's no big deal. You oh, Knee surgery? No, no, no. It's, you know, I don't care if you have knee injury. It's fine. You know, honestly, guys, and this was just in the back of my mind. I just want to talk to you about it. It was not in the front of my mind. It was in the back of my mind. When Seth did the promo, one of his best promos, by the way, we've seen, Seth mm-hmm. is talking about being Cody Shield. I'm like, 
are you wrestling at WrestleMania, Seth? <laughs> right. I was I was wondering, like, are you defending your title? Because if you're going to be there for Cody, okay, we um, we thought that you'd wrestle night one in the main event or the first match, whatever. You'd be in night one and wrestle the winner of the Elimination Chamber. And I'm like, so you're going to have time to be with Cody, I guess, night two? I was wondering, like, are you even healthy to wrestle night one? Agreed. And no one knows. And, like, the title's just stagnant right now, which is a WWE problem once again. Yeah, with the workhorse title, with the title that was yeah. supposed to be the workhorse fighting championship title. E. Not a great look. Nope. What do we got at number two, Brian? Last night at AEW Dynamite, we saw Wardlow cut a promo talking about how he's been pissed off and forgotten about, which I mentioned earlier. So in the AEW world, who do you want to see heated back up? Um, great, again, great promo, I thought, from yep. Wardlow. Um, great heated promo. Um, I could have done without the CM Punk reference, but I get why he did it. Um, I, I personally just, I don't know why AEW feels the need to constantly reference people who aren't there anymore, but he decided to do row, it. right? Cody yeah, it's two weeks in a row. Week, we had, but, yeah. yeah, we had Cody Cody last week and now um, CM Punk this week. But it was still a great promo. Like, I don't want that today. I don't want that to be, to be the main focus from that promo because I thought he was great. I thought he was able to kind of heat him back up and establish him a little bit more, kind of running down, again, some of the, the upper echelon talent that AEW has had that he's made quick and easy work of. Um, in terms of who else I want to see heated back up in AEW, man, I, I don't even know how you do it. Um, and honestly, they've done a good job of heated back up because that would segment last night as well. And I brought his name up earlier. I want to see Ricky Starks get heated back up. The big bill tag team thing just hasn't done it for me, but I know there's still something more in there for Ricky and I want to see it in a single, some sort of singles run. I know he's just kind of been toiling around. I don't want to say toiling around in the tag team scene because there's some really good tag teams in AEW. They just kind of threw him together with big bill, gave him a championship belt to, I don't know, hopefully try to keep him warm. I don't think it necessarily worked, but I want to see Ricky Starks get another chance because there was a month period where he was white hot in AEW before he lost to MJF. Um, that is 100% correct. That's number one on my list is Ricky Starks. That Actually, toward the end of their reign, Ricky Starks and Big Bill had a hell of a match. That toward the end of their reign, it's like now I, I like to see him as a tag team, and then of course they take the titles off of him <laughs> because because Sting and Darby Allen really need to be the tag team champions going into Greensboro. They really need to be champ. I mean, really, I mean, you, I mean, we you, we try to look at this and say odd bedfellows. It's Ricky Starks and Bill and Big Bill. Okay, that doesn't work. And then when they finally gel, then you take the tag team titles off of them. Okay. They also had that awesome promo towards the end. Remember that sit down, like everything was heating up perfect. Okay, so, I mean, the list is endless, guys. I mean, uh, so you're going to have Hobbs come out there with a book. You had the same Hobbs that beat, was it Jericho mm -hmm. three weeks ago? Was it Chris Jericho? Yep. Where's Hobbs been? In the what back, having his pecs slapped by uh, Don Callis. Okay. So, you know what's a waste? What's a waste is someone who ruled New Japan, came over hot off the New Japan TV, and comes to AEW gets a title match and now stuck in the six man tag team championship nonsense and Jay White. Because there's no Kenny Omega, Jay White's the next guy to take that slot. Why is he not a hot singles right now for going after a, a championship? I mean that there's a guy here that made his bones in New Japan, earned his way, 
and now he's just part of a, a, a gag group. He's better than that, is he not? Oh, 100%. I mean, and remember, the six-man titles he has isn't even the AEW ones. They're the Ring of Honor ones, the, the company you have to pay to watch. <laughs> what, are they, what are they doing? Ethan Page is in Canada. He takes on Kenny Omega. The last match I think we saw from Omega before he gets injured. Ethan Page deserves more than Ring of Honor. He's a solid wrestler. Not to lose. I'm talking about he could be a heel, and we can see he could be a babyface, as we saw last time he was on a major stage on um, on AEW. You can't find a place for him? Look, I don't agree with what I hear from wrestling podcasters that say AEW has too much talent. That's bullshit. They don't have too much talent. They have a lot of talent they don't know what to do with. I mean, you should stack, if you have the money, stack your roster. But it's not like... Well, you got Rampage, you got Dynamite, you got Collision, you got ROH. You can't find anything. I know everyone can't get over, but everyone can't get under, too. Right. That's a problem. And that's their issue. Like, we see them get guys hot, and they get all the way up there, and Wardlow's a perfect example. And it's like, eh, we'll find something else for him to do. I mean, you talk about guys not being on TV. Does Miro still work there? That's a shame. What? Is is he off TV because of his? Because it seemed like I believe the last time, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the last time we saw Miro was his match against Andrade. Yes, which yeah. he beat him. Andrade was on the way out, and, and then... uh, so his wife was a part of that. Uh-huh. So I'm guessing they wanted to continue some sort of story, but because of the multiple surgeries she's had to have on her finger, and now she's been off television. So I think that that kind of that probably derailed whatever they had going for Miro was the injury okay. that, that CJ Perry had. But she doesn't even actually work there. Like they haven't said she's all elite. Like Tony, that first night she showed up, like, Oh no, it's not really like, she doesn't work here for sure. So like, that's one that's wasted. Does Keith Lee still work in this company? He's another one. They got him all the way up. Him and Swerve. Are we ever going to get that payoff? And I know there's been injuries there also, but like there's so many guys. That I, just think, wasted. I think he's injured right now. Is he? Okay. I mean, yeah, I think he's. How about this? Right now. Could, you, could they do me a favor? A little less hook, a little bit more Takeshi. How about that? How about a little bit about a little less hook? That's enough. Well, I mean, see, if he's such a badass, he, he should be the heavyweight champion. Since he, he since he went blow to blow, toe to toe with Samoa Joe. I mean, he's in a six man, a very unusual, strange, still to me, strange six man main event on Dynamite. Uh-huh. How about a little bit more Takeshi, a guy that actually can go. So Takeshi is the perfect example, like. He was so over from a heel standpoint. Remember that first promo he cut in Japanese, like the heat he was getting. And I feel like they took it all away. And now Don Callis is a centerpiece of that. And he's going to have a banger of a match next week with Osprey, but we know he's not going to go over there. And like another one, they're just wasting. So, I mean, look, I know that when you set up your roster, Gabe, you set it up because there's only eight to 10 people that are supposed to be over. Then the next eight to 10 people are supposed to be the opponents for the people that are over. Then the next generation are just the young talent. That's how it's, that's how it always has been in wrestling over the years. Who's my great eight or 10? It's, it, whether that's singles or tag teams, who's the, who's the ones I'm pushing? Now the next, the next level are the next level of wrestlers I'm going to push eventually. But it just seems like it's stagnant. It's like the same. And then when you do push someone, they go, they take three steps back. You don't see them for a month. And then they come back on Rampage or they come back on Collision. It's like, at least now, I feel like there's a little bit more continuity to AEW. But to me, it just seemed like it was a hodgepodge for a long time. 
Well, the Continental Classic, we praised it and did an awesome job at like making guys into stars. But then what? Like, what's the follow up? Like, Daniel Garcia at least has a story out of it, but Brody King's nowhere to be seen. Mark Briscoe, Jay Lethal, like these are guys that were on our TV every week in this tournament, and now they're just like, all right, pay nine ninety nine to watch them. Soraya. Yep. I'd put on that list. Like, she needs to be doing more than uh, comedy yeah. segments and and uh, Simpsons ripoffs of Nighty Spoon <laughs> with uh, with what's her name uh, with Harley. <laughs> um, I mean, Brett is Brit. I think Brit's injured technically. Yeah. Is that the reason why she's yes, off TV? That's what I was told. Okay. Um, yeah. So I mean, but eventually, I think they have to find something for her. Serena Deeb. You know, I went. I, I swear there was a vignette talking with her coming back, and I, I don't think I've seen her in the ring. I think there was one um, night she know, had a, the classes the way match, she's, I thought. She's but a, this one. She's a collision wrestler, I think. Okay. I think she's just for yeah. Which again, and, and maybe, and maybe because they had to be off this week, maybe that's why I feel like I'm missing her because they ended up not having because of All Star Saturday Night. But I feel like there are a number of of women that need to get heated up as well. Willow. Yep. I mean, Willow's kind of toiling. I felt like she had, and granted it was accidental, but I felt like she had a lot of momentum going after she ended up winning the, the new Japan strong women's championship after uh, Mercedes Monet ended up getting injured. Yep. Right there, there. I felt like there was some momentum behind her. And now she's like this afterthought in, in the sky, uh, in the, the sky blue and um, um, Julia Hart. You know, th- yeah. that that whole, yeah, that whole ramp, which has also been sidetracked because Julia Hart's right. apparently injured right now. So there are some injuries that are sidetracking some of these things, but it's like, okay, someone got injured. Like, it, as much as we're criticizing WWE for not having Seth being able to defend his championship, at least Seth still has a right. presence. Like Seth still has a purpose. And it just seems like once you're injured in AEW, like, because we don't even see, see Adam Cole all that often. You say, oh, okay, I guess you're injured. Okay, we're, we're just going to forget about you, which is fine. Go away. But then if you're going to keep championships or keep things around them, like they have to be around. Like the Undisputed Kingdom is supposed to be a big thing. Adam Cole needs to be around. If Julia Hart's holding out of that TBS championship, she at least needs to be around, cutting promos, reminding people that she's the TBS champion. She's there. So there, there are a lot of, I think, especially in that women's division, you start digging through that women's division going, whoa. That's a really good women's roster. They need to find a way to heat up some of these women and get some really good Yeah, I, I think your point is well taken. When you do have them, and they have a number of injuries, mm-hmm. and also Britt Baker, a little bit of an attitude problem. Got to fix that too. Um, so because of that, guys, then you start moving some of these women up. Uh, Queen Amanada is one in seven, according to this website here, according to alleliterestling.com. <laughs> and, I mean, seems to be reputable who knows you know it's just so uh, and, well i tell you what this might be accurate because i see her on her back a lot she loses yeah, a lot and, and, good, and good matches too by the way but what i'm saying that oh yeah here comes now if you have injuries let's push up a penelope ford she's been there forever right show what somebody they won i think soraya is a perfect example of what gabe was talking about like she, yeah, she, you, you got out of mothball. She didn't wrestle for a long time, and now she's just kind of just, just around. Ruby Soho can go, but she's in there with uh, Kula and Ange, and because that's a believable combination. Those two, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't get that. Huh. Uh. So you know, Taya Valkyrie. I mean, there's veterans that can go. Oh yeah, yeah. Taya. 
I completely forgot about Taya. But she's I think she's doing some ROH stuff currently with uh with her husband. So and kind of a rampage person also. Yeah. So, so it's yeah. Just, so well, it, you know, it, as I think AEW is getting better, it's not a criticism. We're just saying that since you do have a number of people who's not wrestling or injured, you don't have to keep rolling Rio out there. Just give us, right. you know, just give us some new blood. That way we can enjoy it. And follow up on things. Well, like I'm just, next week's going to be awesome. They've done an awesome job at building up to next week's card. But how do you follow up on things? How do you follow up on Wardlow from last night? Or it's just like, cool, you cut a good promo. Like, see you in a month. Well, so that's what I'm scared of. Because I think Deanna Parato has done yes. a fantastic Perfect. job since she showed up. She's been tremendous. This build has been awesome. I don't know if she's winning. Which, again, is exciting. Sure. Like, I don't know if she's going to win. I don't know if Tony Storm's going to win. And that makes that match exciting. Like, it's not telegraphed. I don't know what's going to happen. No matter what happens, I think Tony Storm's going to be all right because she gets the features no matter what because they even find ways, even in picture-in-picture, picture, to put, you know, um, you know, yeah, movies uh, on the picture-in-picture picture that, that don't require sound, which, again, was a great idea. But if, if Deanna ends up losing that match, I'm so scared of her becoming like yeah. Taya. Valkyrie and just oh, okay well this is another great one we have here but we don't have enough space and like here's the thing like you're gonna have a lot of really good women on that roster after big business hits like you're gonna have to come up with a lot of things for a lot of these women after Mercedes Monet gets there because you got one main championship and you got your secondary title and TBS championship and that's it you got to find ways to get more women involved in different stories to kind of heat up and actually have you know some rivalries yeah nothing against Red Velvet but it can't be Mercedes against Red Velvet every week. Like you, you have plenty you can do. No. Like I can't wait to see Mercedes against Athena whenever that happens. Not on ROH. I'm talking about on AEW. Hopefully that'll happen. And by the way, it's funny that you mentioned the Wardlow promo because that's the promo of his life uh -huh. backwards. Uh, and there was a lot of truth in what he said. But what was wild is is that the next segment when he talks about no one's look at me, look how big I am, look how strong I am. No one's as fast as I am. And the next segment we see Brian Cage. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that just blew my mind. Oh wait, there's another big, yeah. there's another big, fast, strong dude. <laughs> it's just, I mean, again, booking, right? It's booking. It's like, okay, Wardlow is all of that. Look what he looks like. I mean, he's a powerhouse. He looks like a champion. So can we just move on and just putting like putting in Brian Keith, the bounty hunter, or like anybody else, right? Just so it don't bookend it with. I'm big. I'm strong. Look how big I am. I mean, I'm great. And then Brian Cage is the next match. <laughs> Who looks like you? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so. We have a guest that we are excited to talk to as well this week on GKW. You may recognize him as Hornswoggle from his time on WWE, but his name is Dylan Postel. has a lot of good things going on in the state of Wisconsin. He's from Oshkosh originally with ACW Wisconsin. ACWWisconsin.com is the website. They have a uh, Water City WrestleCon coming up in Oshkosh May 11th, but he had a lot of other things. He enjoyed talking to us as well when we caught up with him earlier this week. Excited about our next guest here on GKW because there are some cool wrestling events happening right here in my state. The state of Wisconsin, it is Water City WrestleCon happening May 11th at the Oshkosh Convention Center. So we welcome in to talk more about that, Dylan Postel. Dylan, thank you so much for the time Hi. and jumping on. So Hello. Jay Hood's from Chicago. 
And he is always making fun of Milwaukee. He is making fun of Wisconsin, that Chicago's a superior wrestling, you know, city or wrestling town. Tell everybody how good of a wrestling state the state of Wisconsin is. Jay Wood, Chicago is quote unquote better of a wrestling city because you guys have more of it. More of anything isn't great. More broccoli isn't great. Okay. That's a very that's a very simple point. I mean it's a very more more steamed cabbage doesn't make steamed cabbage good. I'm saying you guys have have more and you have great you do have great wrestling. That doesn't mean it's better than Wisconsin wrestling because of it. Sir. How about how about more beer, sir? <laughs> For uh, Yeah. We are literally the land of beer. We're the land of beer and cheese. <laughs> you guys, you guys have deep dish pizza, but then you also have a toilet as a bare stadium to, you know, recycle said deep dish pizza. So I thought this was going to start off well. I thought it, was <laughs> it did jump not on start this. off well. I thought it was going to jump, jump on this. We we're going to have an enjoyment, enjoyable conversation. You had to bring up first you're off. You're from Chicago, which is a check in the negative box. And then you have to try to desecrate uh, Wisconsin wrestling, which I take to heart, sir. Hey, listen, I don't want to get off to a bad start with you, Dylan. How's Doc Rivers doing? How's he doing? Who's that? <laughs> yeah. Is that, a, is that a sports reference? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. who. I don't watch sports. I professionally wrestle. <laughs> All right. You guys have what? what I mean – what championships or relevancy have has Chicago had since the Blackhawks went to the Stanley Cup? Is that a sports reference? That is. <laughs> that is. Okay. And we have the Bucks with probably the greatest player uh, going in Giannis. Yes. We have the Packers with the youngest team right now who at the beginning of the season didn't look so great at the end of it. Looked amazing. Uh, we have the Brewers, who's always been a contending team lately. What I mean, hey, you guys have the Bulls. They're doing a lot. Uh, the White Sox, they're... Uh, the Cubs. The, uh. Hey, guys, let's talk wrestling con. Chicago's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in West Palm, so I have no beef in it. We have sunshine down here. You That's literally have to offer to you. And you don't have sun, but you don't have sunshine now. It's been raining. My parents are down in Florida. It's been it raining. Mean a lot else. I mean, this sunny. is the shittiest. Pardon my French. It's the shittiest winter season Florida's ever had. Like, well, I guess that's pretty fair, also. Well, then take us inside the ring, and by inside the ring, I mean give us what it's like for you coming up in WWE, spending so much time under the ring. What was that experience like for you when you're in the WWE? I mean, you can hear all about it in my book, my Amazon best-selling pre-order book, "Life Is Short and So Am I." Cheap nice. plug there, available right now on DylanPostle.com. Uh, but you, uh, man, it was a it was a dream. Two weeks under ten years when uh, when they legitimately told me. It was going to be six months. So doing going that that long with the the company that that's on top of the world for for so long, I mean, it's and continues to be, man. It's a it's a it was literally all I've wanted to do since I was four. So to be able to to have done that and still continuously be active as I am, it's pretty awesome. Well, it's so let's talk about how active you've been. What have you been up to since then? I know ACWWisconsin.com is where yeah, people get tickets for Water City WrestleCon at the Oshkosh Convention Center. What yeah, have man. you been up to? 
Uh, ACW has been, we just had surpassed our 10th anniversary in December and it started as a pipe dream, not even a pipe dream, just a, I was off the road with WWE. I was not even like, not a hi hiatus or anything. Just creative didn't have anything for me as they say. And, uh, so I was like, I texted my two buddies, my two best friends. And I said, all right, guys, let's start running shows. And they go, nope. I go, all right, I'm going to do it without you. And they said, okay, let's go down this venture with them. And it's been awesome. And same thing. We opened a school two years later. And again, it was, hey, guys, I'm bored. Let's start training people. Okay. And now I'm at the school multiple nights a week. Uh, we just started a brand new class on Tuesday at the training academy. And it's just, it's, uh, this is, uh, on top of that, next weekend, I leave for the UK for, for the Love of Wrestling convention. March is always good for the, the friendly neighborhood leprechaun. Uh, it's always, it's always my busy month. So it's, I, I'm doing a bunch of stand-up shows, uh, coming up or e I hate saying stand-up shows, evening with events. I have two coming up in Iowa, the third week of March, St. Patty's day weekend. It's just, I'm, I'm busy, but I love being busy. I, uh, I really enjoy it. I've, I've, we started my, my podcast, uh, two years now, the going postal podcast, which, uh, myself and my co-host George fees. We uh, we talk everything, my career, and then we have random interviews. I just interviewed Matthews Botchmania. I've had Ethan Page and Brian Myers. I've had wow. Kofi Kingston on there. And it's, it's just a lot of I have. I'm, I'm dipping my feet in a lot of lakes. Dylan, how much has the business changed over the past 10 years? We always talk about 2024 and just say, like, you know, as far as the Indies, WWE, AEW, I just love when everybody has a chance to eat and be able to showcase what they can do. How much has the business changed now? I love, I love eating. I love eating. Um, but it's, it's, uh, look at WWE right now. It is attitude era level, legitimately attitude era level hot. And there is no, st I don't think there's any stopping it in sight. Every, t every time you go, oh man, there's a little hiccup. They, blow something else out of the water and it's just it's, it's incredible it's wrestlemania season i am excited for wrestlemania season even just watching as a fan i i love it man i love wrestling um i tell my students all the time and it's something to to really think of uh, about the minute if you're an active performer an active uh, uh wrestler the minute you stop loving wrestling get out because you think you're above it. You think you're past enjoying it. I love watching wrestling, whether it's good wrestling or bad wrestling, or quote unquote, I love watching it because I, there is rest, something in wrestling for everyone, literally everyone. If you don't like vanilla ice cream, they'll give you chocolate. If you don't like chocolate ice cream, they got Neapolitan for you. Like literally wrestling gives you everything you could want. And there's so much out there, which is great. I think the more wrestling, the better. I truly, truly do. As a performer, what was some of the encounters you've had? I and mean, you've made a vendor with Napoleon Dynamite, but some of the celebrity encounters are like, wait, they know who I am? What were some of those encounters like for you that still I stick just, out in your I brain? I literally just talked about it uh, again with my students. Probably the, like the most standout thing. I just literally just talked about this Tuesday was uh, Shaq would come a lot to shows, even okay. without guest hosting. When he wasn't, when he didn't do the guest hosting, he would just come to shows. It was awesome. It's incredible. I was a Shaq guy. Sure, Michael Jordan was big. I was a Shaq guy. 
Same as like like Michael Jordan was the Hulk Hogan to my Ultimate Warrior. Okay. Shaq was my Ultimate Warrior. Flashy, fun to watch. Not like everyone loved Hulk Hogan. Everyone loved Michael Jordan. I loved Michael Jordan. I liked Hulk Hogan. I loved Ultimate Warrior, and so it was like, so Shaq would come, and then one 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 uh, taping or that was at a raw. He came with his kids, and he goes, "Hey man, wait!" And I go, "Yes, Shaq." And he goes, "Hold on!" And we're we're literally like walking into each other in a hallway. I was like walking, you know, waist level to him, and it was it was one of those things where I go, "Okay." What the hell is Shaq having me wait for? And he brings his kids in the hallway and he goes, man, I got to tell you, my kids didn't care about meeting John Cena, didn't care about meeting Randy Orton or Triple H even. They just wanted to meet you. And it was one of those moments where I really got to like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm doing something pretty awesome here. And it's, I, I realized I did, it took me a bit, but I didn't realize why kids liked me so much and loved the character of of hornswoggle and, and the things i was doing but then i realized i think finley told me one day he goes they think you're one of them i go what <laughs> they go, yeah they think you're a child i said i have a fucking beard <laughs> and i was like but one of those things where man kids just i mean i had the the i was a heel heel with finley in the beginning and then they like had no choice but to put me in fun segments and you know, like babyface segments, and then they had to turn Finley, which he was very uncomfortable with, and I loved seeing. He was never literally his, in his whole career at that point. He was never a babyface, and every week I'd go up, to, we'd come out out through the curtain, I'd go, "You babyface," and he'd go, "Shut up, I'm not." And it was just one of those fun things that to to go along with. But yeah, it was that Shack one was definitely top top level of. Uh, pinch me moments of man this is pretty cool so you've mentioned now your school a couple of times what made you want to open that boredom it's <laughs> <laughs> good legit boredom uh again being off, any, road, being off the road and and again texting my my, my co-owners of acw and going guys we're starting a school and they go no we're not and i go i'm doing it and they go all right here we go again another weird Dylan idea that's out there, but let's go. And that's, and now eight, nine years later, here we are. And it's, uh, our, our, we ran a bunch of shows since probably wrestling con last year. And 90% of the shows were members of our Academy, like graduates of our Academy. And I said to the students a couple shows ago, I go, guys, look around. There's two people on this show that didn't graduate from the school. That's pretty awesome to be able to say we can run shows and quality shows and have the fans go, man, that was awesome from just students that we've produced. What's the cross section? They've Midwest, where are they coming from? Wisconsin. Literally, we have, uh, we have people driving five minutes. We have people driving two hours a week back and forth. Um, we've ha- I won't start anyone, uh, anyone before 17. As much as my son hates that rule, um, but we won't start anyone before 17. So we've had 17-year-olds graduate. We've had a 46-year-old graduate. So it's it's there's no limit, man. And I, I it was our first class on Tuesday, and I said to him, I said, no matter what, body shape, body size, age, ex, uh, experience, sports experience, anything, we'll get you through. Our goal 
Our job is to get you through. We never want to turn anyone away. Now for safety, if it's a safety issue for themselves or for the others in the class, we might have to cut them, which really sucks. And it's a, it's a hard thing. And we push off and push off and push off. But it's a safety thing. We don't want them hurting themselves or anyone else. You know, we talk a lot about wrestling fans and how, you know, territorial they are and how stupid that is because wrestling is wrestling. So you being around so many guys throughout your career, what's it like watching others succeed? You know, the Drew McIntyre's of the world. You see the figures behind the Matt Cardona's of the world. What's that like for you from a personal standpoint, watching other guys? You could stop that Ma at Drew McIntyre. Oh, I mean, okay, my bad. Tinder Mahal? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's amazing. Um, seeing a guy like Kofi Kingston, uh, that year of Kofi Mania, I I sat and watched that WrestleMania and that match with Landon next to me. I, we always have every Mania, I have students over, and it's a party. I love it, and it's something that I make sure I'm home for every Mania. I go to WrestleCon out there, wherever it is, and then I fly home for Mania because that's just our thing. I, I told awesome. my, my son I would never miss watching a Mania without with him. It's just always been my thing. Uh, we watched that, that Kofi Mania Mania. And I had legit tears coming down. And I said, man, I said, they're going to do And watching like the end of the match, I said, they're going to, and I kept just saying, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. It's going to happen. And then it happened. I'm getting emotional now, man. Like just thinking about that, that, that moment and thinking about, man, he was a, a Jamaican guy with a crappy accent, uh, who, if you watch his first match, it was dog dirt because it just him and the guy who worked didn't clash well. And it just seeing the growth of that, of him, is just incredible. It really, really is. And, and seeing friends of mine do well. I love seeing friends of mine do well um, because they deserve it. And everyone deserves. You, you, you said a, a good thing. Everyone deserves to eat. And especially when they got families. Ethan Page. Ethan Page has turned into a legit best friend of mine. When Ethan Page gets his shots and he knocks every one of them out of the park, I couldn't be happier. Um, it's just it's 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 things like that, where guys that I've had interactions with, and now I'm seeing guys that, when I got released by WWE, worked indie shots with them with these guys, and they're killing it. Uh, and it's just stuff like that where I go, man, it's it's pretty awesome. I had a death match with Britt Baker. Uh, randomly in Cleveland for AIW. We had a whole feud and not then seeing her being the number one women's wrestler by far. It's just incredible. Do you want to get Can't into hear you. Sorry. <laughs> what made you want to get into uh, professional wrestling? Four years in the first old. Place? There we go. <laughs> um, I was four years old. And it was in this very house, this is my grand, my grandparents' house that I purchased uh, and I now live in, in the living room. My grandpa showed, like rented WrestleMania 6 on VHS. And that was the moment. And the reason he rented it was because my brother always had wrestling. He had the original Hasbro series, the first series. Hasbro series one, he had all of them. I didn't know what they were, but my older brother had them and I wanted to play with them. I wanted to play with them so much that my dad had to buy us another series of them. So I had my own and he had, he built me a wooden Hasbro ring and all that. So I literally owe everything currently in my life with wrestling 
to wrestling figures and to action figures, which is something I realized a couple of years ago. And it was such a full circle moment of, man, I wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for wrestling figures. And I wouldn't care about wrestling. I would be caring about wanting to be a Ninja Turtle. Like, and it's that kind of thing where it's, it's just, it's funny. And it's, it's, it's something I never, I never thought about till a couple of years ago. And it's, that's why. And I, I said, when I was four years old, I said, I'm going to do that. And obviously my stature uh, was laughable. And then I had major back surgery that year. And the doctor flat out told me after the second one, the first one paralyzed me from the waist down. The second one, uh, they said no trampolines and no contact sports. And obviously <laughs> I didn't listen to them. Um, when I, when I got hired, it was about a, two years later, my back surgeon from when I was a kid emailed my dad and he goes, man, looks like he didn't listen to me. And my dad just responded us either. <laughs> so it was kind of a, kind of a thing where I never, that's been my life, man. It's so like cliche to say, and I talk about it a lot in the, my book, but it's so cliche to say, but I, I never let anyone tell me no. I always, I've always wanted to prove people wrong, almost in kind of like a, a self pat on the back, like a screw you kind of way not even like for me but just like a hey man i'm gonna prove you wrong and just that it's, it's always been a huge thing for me dylan what advice would you give to the men and women of wwe if you were there and i know you still are connected to them yeah what advice would you give them regarding the story of vince mcmahon and how to process it i'd rather brush past that i'd rather brush past that if that's okay of course. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. You know, you there's mentioned... Too much, there's too much bullshit surrounding it. Yeah. Yeah. That is fair. It you just, mentioned... I would, I would just say it's just... it's When you have that at your plate and you have... Especially during WrestleMania season, people are asking the question. Yeah. I, I think that's been answered pretty well. Seth Rollins answered pretty well. Cody Rhodes has answered pretty well. I just think that it's... I think... Go I through think and every, I think I think yeah. everyone has answered it. Everyone on that stage has answered it. Very well. Um, that's all I'm going to go into. <laughs> it's tough, man. Guys, as you know, it's 2024. It sucks. Yeah. You mentioned Finley earlier, and you talk about your son in wrestling. Yeah. What's it like watching Finley's kids now get out there? You know, he's got another kid I out watched, there in NXT. What's that like? I was around Brogan when he was still uh, like a, a, a toddler. A toddler. Yeah. David. I remember being a child, seeing David as one of the most like poignant guys in New Japan mm -hmm. and, and like in, in, in international wrestling is crazy to see. I text, I text fit all the time. Never would have thought I, I just teamed with Brogan in the summer and we, we FaceTimed fit and we go, Hey, we just had a tag match. And it was so cool for me. Like, I'm just happy for him, man. I'm just, I'm just friggin happy and if they they have if they have a quarter of the knowledge and the talent that fit had they're gonna kill it brock i want to say thank you so much for the time thank you so much for joining us here acw water city wrestlecon yeah. oshkosh convention center may 11th make sure you check out acwwrestling.com for your tickets. ACW Rock, Wisconsin. Again, thank you and best of luck with ACW. ACW, ACW Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm sorry. ACW.
And of course, a big thank you uh, to him for uh, for jumping on and joining with us, uh, talking about all things ACW. Great things happening here in the state of Wisconsin. Again, I messed up the website at the end. Again, it's acwwisconsin.com. If you're in Wisconsin, want to go up to Oshkosh and check out uh, what Dylan has going on with ACW and Water City Wrestling Con on May 11th. What do we got? News notes. All right, let's start in the world of TNA. Wrestler Dave Meltzer reported earlier this week that Tommy Dreamer, the new head of creative, well, Tommy Dreamer said it's a group effort. It's not just him. Apparently, some members of the TNA roster have sent letters to Anthem asking for Scott Demore to come back. Also an impact, TNA, whatever you want to call him. Josh Alexander had his CNA contract extended for another year. He reportedly wanted to test free agency, but he'll be around for another year now. Yeah, not shocking. I mean, again, if you have somebody like Josh Alexander and you have the ability to extend his contract to me, then you extend his contract. Um, the other thing about who's running things, who's running creative seems really interesting, especially because Impact, I feel, um, had some momentum going forward with the switch back over to TNA and... This, at least to the locker room, at least with all the reports coming out, this has not been a favorable move for the locker room. Yeah, we documented this on the show the other week um, with Scott Demore. As far as Anthem was concerned, it was way too much Scott Demore. Um, too much Scott Demore on TV. And from the talent standpoint, he did so much for the talent. And he was trying to run TNA, Impact Wrestling at the time, now TNA, on a shoestring budget. Uh, kind of small. It's kind of like... Uh, as is TNA's the Oakland A's of professional wrestling. So, uh, so that's not a surprise, right? The the talent still is disenchanted that uh, Demore is not around. But this is a change they're going to make now. When you have a booking committee, historically, if you have five or six people with their hands in the pie, that means you don't have one. There needs to be one boss. We know historically, you know, through TNA, uh, it's not only TNA now, but AEW when it first started. We got a lot of different cooks in the kitchen. It's not great. So hopefully they'll figure that out and boil it down to one voice because that always helps. Uh, wrestling movie news. The Rock and Seven Bucks production announcing they will be making a Ric Flair biopic. They also are responsible for making Soraya's Fighting With My Family a few years back. Why do we need a... Why do we I need just that? hope... Ric Flair? Ric Flair likes paychecks? I just hope they find a better actor to play Ric Flair than the. No, how'd that movie. guy do it? Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it's like if Ric Flair was a ghost. He's saying boo, but it's woo. <laughs> that poor bastard. It's not his fault, man. They just, I mean, the look. No, it 100% yes. is his fault. Ric Flair's everywhere. You know how easy it is to prepare for yes. that role? You just Google Ric Flair. Just go to YouTube, enter Ric Flair. You Again, see I'd all. rather Jay it's Lethal right have been Ric Flair in that movie. It's not the actor's fault. I mean, he, he's just doing the best he can. He had the right body. To, you know, the, you know the, the hair was crazy, but he had the right body. He just couldn't pull off Ric Flair. Who could besides Jay Lethal and Dell? Who's dead? <laughs> Like I, I feel like it had to be like those State Farm commercials when they're trying to get uh, Arnold to yes. say neighbor. Like the, the the director of this movie goes, no, it's not woo, it's woo. And like, what am I doing differently? I'm doing that same thing. No, okay. And then eventually they just got sick of it. Fine, we got to keep it. Like, just, what else can we do? We've already hired this guy. There's nothing. And that promo, do. by the way, in that movie was endless. Please, just give me ten seconds of it. <laughs> just don't keep going. Like, oh my god, it's even worse. Stop talking. <laughs> 
<laughs> he just he just kept going. There's an old man named Chick Donovan who wrestled in Puerto Rico and wrestled in the around the territories. He was a better Ric Flair because he had the same hair. Anybody could have been Ric Flair except that guy. Actually, like I think that the last documentary that we saw from Rick should be it. But a biopic, what else do we need? Yeah. And how truthful would it be? And not, you know, I just don't know. I'm guessing probably not that much. Uh, Randy Orton in an interview with SI says he was told about CM Punk's return right before the War Games match. He thought Triple H was joking at the time. He said he was excited about it. The old Randy Orton would have been pissed about it, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I think Randy has been... The older Randy Orton, I like how honest he's been about how much of a prickly fella he was as a younger as a younger man and how he's kind of mellowed out, he's cooled out, and... and yeah, I, I think WWE talked about it at the time. WWE did a good job of spacing out um, the way they did those returns. Like everybody was super excited for Randy when they they got him to come out. And then everybody was super excited for CM Punk that night as well. So I think they did a good job of it. And good on Randy for being more mature and, and realizing all these things as he's family doing. man now, married. So he settled in, but he was um, a hard to deal with early in his career. There's no doubt about that. I, I always thought his dad, I was like, no one could be as smooth as Bob Orton, Cowboy Bob Orton. And then his son came on the scene. I'm like, yep, better than his dad. Because his dad, his high spot was a superplex. And no one was kicking out of that. <laughs> uh, and his dad was great. as uh, a great wrestler in the territories. But boy, Randy surpassed him. He ran, ran circles around Cowboy Bob. So uh, I wonder how many more years he's got left. Finally, in news and notes from WWE Backstage Reporting, reports at, out this week say that as of 6 p.m. on Monday, multiple people within WWE were under the impression that Jay Uso would be winning the IC title on Monday. He did not, in fact, do that. Jimmy Uso costing him in the main event of Monday Night Raw. That's wild and interesting because I, I don't know... Again, I guess I don't know a Gunther opponent is happening. I don't right. know if they're going to do a Jimmy versus Jay. That has always been kind of rumored of maybe being at WrestleMania. I don't know if they run this back and save that moment for Mania where Jay can win a championship, a singles gold, and he's the one who ends up ending Gunther's run. I'm not sure how they end up handling that, but I think it's worth noting that at least some people within WWE thought that this reign was ending on a random Monday Night Raw in Anaheim. So uh, clearly they're trying to figure out a way, I think, to wind this down because I think Gunther's going to shoot to the top of the list of potential contenders for that World Heavyweight Championship. Yes, that is it's better for Gunther to lose than to lay the title down the ring like Samoa Joe to go after the Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I Okay, so I can understand why they they would take the title off of Gunther because I think he's passed Pedro Morales. Do we have that right? Has he? Passed? I think he just did. Yes. Okay, so he passed Morales for the Intercontinental Title reign. One reason Gabe to do it is is that they had all the TKO people there, and there were stars there. They weren't in LA, but were. time. So if you want to do something exciting, that crowd was into it too. That was an LA crowd. It was huge. It was really the great. Netflix people were there also. Remember they showed them on TV. Yeah. So I'm thinking if you're going to do something out of the out of the box, that's what you, you do it in front of that crowd. And that would have been exciting because pe the people are behind Jey Uso. Um, so it, it, you don't do it in Salt Lake, but do it in An Anaheim with uh, with business people there and TKL people there. Sure, I could see that. Could this be as simple as them I, testing their leaks? 
like having people, hey, this is going to happen, and then seeing where the moles are? Because Meltzer's gotten a lot of stuff wrong Maybe. recently. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> as recently as 1979? or <laughs> No, recently, like when he was tricked by a video that was 10 years old, which he admitted to. Uh, there's there's better journalists, wrestling journalists that are better than him at, lately. Sean Ross Sapp, best five dollars in the business. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that are doing it really well and on top of it, and they're breaking news faster than Meltzer is lately. So, um, speaking of that match, shout out to uh, Pat McAfee because he was like the, the whole thing, like him getting up on the stage and doing that, and then having Gunther see him and he just like freezes, like <laughs> uh, like it's just he that again, that's another guy that didn't grow up in the business, you know, the way, again, he's, he's like Logan Paul. I mean, he's not as good as Logan Paul is in the ring, but he's just somebody who gets it and has fun with it and makes the product better when he's around. He would be, he would be a great color analyst for us for basketball when he gave, cause he, he lets you, lets you do oh, your yeah. thing. Your calls are clean. He's not going to clip them. And then whatever he says is funny or interesting. And then you go right back to your play by play. It actually would be a great color analyst to work with. And then they gave him a telestrator this week. They're letting him try. That was, didn't seem necessary. We saw what happened. We don't need you to circle it. No, it's 100% not necessary, but I enjoyed every second. That's it for news and notes. All right, boys, what do you got this week for your matches of the week? We, I will put this to the side, but I'm just putting it out there. For those that want to see what I would consider the match of the year so far, it's February 22nd. Uh, but the match of the year so far comes from Rev Pro. I know you guys might have seen this on Twitter. Some highlights. Will Ospreay finishing up in Rev Pro, finishing up all his indie bookings to take on Michael Oko, Oku, who is the British heavyweight champion. Guys, I saw this on Monday. And I was behind because I guess it happened last weekend. So I watched it on Monday. Gentlemen, it's one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. You you have never heard me say that before. I'll give you. A, I'll say it's a good match here, a good match there. But I've never said on Good Karma Wrestling that something is the one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Forty-seven minutes, and you knew that Osprey was going to lose, but you just don't know how because Michael Oku is that dude. He's the next generation of British wrestling that we're going to see come to America at some point. Guys, go out of your way to try to find that, pirate that, steal that, watch that match. It is one of the greatest, and I've watched wrestling for years. The story that was told, the twist and turns of that match was amazing. Hmm. I've tried to watch it illegally, but good job by Rev Pro. You, uh, you make sure you doesn't get out there illegally. So you might be getting my money soon. They, they keep DCMAing yeah. it. Can't find it on social media. I mean, it, it's that good, and the, and of course the ones domestically that we've seen. Um, I'll just throw out one and then you guys can go around the horn. I'll just, I'll start with BCC against FTR. You might not have liked the finish, but the, the, but there was some stiffness there that I did not expect. It was tight. Um, I mean, it wasn't just because it wasn't just because Moxley was bleeding. I'm just saying that it was a little bit stiffer than I, I was expecting. And of course the telltale sign, when you hear the ring announcer, Justin Roberts, five minutes. Yeah. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Yeah. You say five, you say five minutes? <laughs> Seven minutes remaining. Oh, sounds like a draw is coming. If you do that every match, <laughs> we wouldn't know that. But when you whisper, three minutes remaining, three. Oh, 
a draw's coming. Now, again, it didn't bother me. I've seen draws before. It's fine. But I just thought that that was a tremendous opener to kind of set the tone in Tulsa last night. So that was also on my list. And I'll say this about the draw. I, I feel AEW has used that appropriately. Like they, because they, they announced the, the 20 minute time limit, right? They, they do that for every match or it's a 60 minute time limit or TV time remaining or all these different things. They, they put the time limits on there. And I feel like they haven't overused it. They've sprinkled it in on occasion. So you they, they remind you that it's there, but I think they've used it at the right time because there's still so much left in the tank between in those four. Yeah, just now make us pay for it, and we get to see who the winner is by paying for it. The other I'll throw out there from Raw, the bookends of Raw, uh, Cody versus Drew, Gunther versus Jay. Like, yeah, weird finish with the Cody stuff and your solo and stuff, but still a really fun match. And then even the Gunther and Jay, despite the Jimmy Uso stuff, like a damn good match, and they both had the crowd eating out of their hands. You know what I had on my list from, from Raw that I didn't expect to have on my list from Raw? The eight-man. Really? That eight man, that eight man was good. Like our truth, man. Again, he's an ageless wonder. Like he can go at fifty two. Like and, and again, you get the DIY guys involved in the whole thing, and like guys are flying around. Like there's a lot of really good wrestlers in that ring in that moment. So th- the way that they handled that, I really enjoyed and thought that the the eight man was really good in the middle of Raw as well. Okay. Again, maybe maybe that was the crowd unexpectedly chanting our truth. <laughs> Oh, truth. Like maybe that, and maybe that just got to me and warmed my heart that it made my list this week. But the, the middle match of that, like I, cause I also had the opener. I didn't like, because the interference to me, it made sense. And I assume the interference was coming on the late in, at the end too, but like at least the interference in the Drew match at the beginning, like, and now you can also do the Drew thing. Oh, Drew's a right. hypocrite. Drew, you know, he used the bloodline for that. Like it helped. We're like, I mean, Jay just ringing the bell. Yeah, that why, was odd. I don't understand why the refs stopped <laughs> counting. Like, it just, it didn't make as much sense as the previous shenanigans in the, uh, in the opener. I love him ringing that bell because we didn't expect it. It was, it was fun. It was something different. I, I like that. It wasn't predictable. That was kind of cool. Was, was Logan Paul Miz this week or was that last week? That was, uh, that was last week. Was it? No, it was Friday. Was that Friday? Was it, was it Friday? Know. Yeah. My SmackDowns yeah. have been running together, and like the only thing I know for sure that was in this SmackDown was yeah. was the Agreed. Rock and the Bloodline. Yeah. So Logan Paul against the Miz, because that was the first time we saw Logan Paul yeah. rest on on television. Yeah. Yes. 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 You're right. You're right. You're 100 percent right. That was yeah. on Friday. Which again, not shocking that he's putting too out much product. Matches. I don't. I can't <laughs> put it down, but I'm like, when was that? And and I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it because of Logan Paul, but I also enjoyed it because of Miz. He's one of the better Miz matches that you'll see. Miz, and, and this is the difference. If you want to know the difference between a babyface and a heel, Miz is working his ass off. Yeah. Babyface. When he was a heel, he just taking punches <laughs> to the face, you know, and using the ropes for leverage. Now he's got to work. He's like, oh my God, I got to actually work 20 minutes of this thing. <laughs> and so we're seeing like five more moves that we don't normally don't see from Miz. And I thought he worked a good match. And Logan Paul. Live, live, on SmackDown, solid effort. Very, very, very good match against The Miz. But again, I think that tells you a lot. And, and again, this may sound like a crack at Miz, which it's not. But like when you're getting The Miz mentioned in Match of the Week, like to me, that that also shines. Like that's that that's like 
he's not there yet, but like HBK was, you know, was lifting everybody around him every time he was in the ring. So if Logan Paul's getting in and he's lifting somebody who's a 20 year vet, like that's, that's tip of the cap to Logan Paul, man. Yep. Absolutely. And a tip of the cap to Dylan postal. That's right. FKA. We enjoyed him. Yes, we enjoyed him. If you happen to miss that, you can listen back to it on the podcast or you can check it out on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Good Karma Wrestling. Comment, subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you check us out there, some of the different short videos that we have and everything. Look, we understand. Maybe you're not going to get up get up super early on Saturday in order to watch the Elimination Chamber, but you're still going to be able to watch the Elimination Chamber at some point. And I know for one thing's for sure, we're going to talk about it next week. We're going to talk about previewing Revolution for AEW. A lot of things going on in the world of pro wrestling. We'll talk about it next week right here on GKE.